I think that helped me the most because being in a school, it is just constant like change and crazy things going on with schedules and students and different classes and, you know, all of these different things going into it. And I like my whole day is just full of making decisions on the spot. I find myself feeling like I have a healthy relationship with work. Like I don't feel overwhelmed a lot of the time because I feel like I'm able to kind of leave that in this workplace. And, you know, so I can like live my life outside of work too. Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats. This is Marcy Bullock, the creator of a podcast which helps college students who are seeking a fulfilling, healthy, and successful work and personal life. This season, we are focusing on versions of you, who you were, who you are, and who you will be. Enjoy. Hey guys, my name is Claire Thompson. Welcome back to Pack Career Chats. Today, I'm here with Eleanor. Hi, my name is Eleanor Whitsett, and I'm a recent graduate from NC State. I graduated in May of 2022, where I studied science education, and now I'm working as an eighth grade science teacher in Raleigh. Awesome. So I decided to interview Eleanor today because I'm studying natural resources with a concentration in policy and administration at NC State as well, and a minor in forest management. And I would like to go to grad school after this year and get a master's of arts in teaching and hopefully be a middle school or high school science teacher in the future. So we're gonna start off with how did you get your first job? So, well, I got into teaching because I always knew I wanted to do something where I'd be working with people because I just love being around people. And I also have like always loved science in high school. I really liked science and knew I wanted to do something with that. So I felt like it would have just been a good fit. It just made sense to teach science. And I actually saw a student taught for an eighth grade class my senior year of college, and I loved it. Um, and I had a great mentor teacher who helped me like start thinking about jobs for when I graduated. I knew I wanted to stay in Wake County because I really liked working in the school district and I was at a school that I loved before. So I thought Wake County would be a good fit. So she helped me and like helped kind of lead me to the right direction. And I knew I wanted to work at a school that was pretty close to where I live. So I didn't have a long commute and I knew I really wanted to do eighth grade. So pretty much I just went and explored schools with openings in the system that had eighth grade positions. And then I also reached out to principals. So I wrote like an email talking about being interested and in introducing myself and sent it to a few principals in Wake County. It got pretty quick responses and I set up a few interviews that way. So the job that I have now it was the second interview I had, and I just loved it. When I went, it just felt like a really good fit and like a really natural flowing conversation. So after my interview, they offered me the job, and I started a few months after that in July. Awesome. How do you think student teaching at NC State like sets you up to succeed as a teacher? I think that, number one, it prepared me for what my everyday life would be like. It was pretty hard my senior year getting adjusted to the schedule of student teaching. Like it was definitely a change having to get up before 7 a.m. every day and stay at school until three o'clock. So I think that even though it was hard at the time, it was a good experience because it really prepared me for now. I mean, it was almost like working a full-time job. 
And then I think also having a mentor teacher from student teaching was the best resource that I could have ever had starting my career because they hand selected, you know, the different mentor teachers and the one that I had, um, she was awesome. And like, she's still one of my biggest resources. We text all the time. I still use a lot of her resources. So like she helped me with a lot of giving me a lot of materials. I feel like now I just have so many materials from her to use for teaching. And she just taught me so much. She had been teaching like eight years. So she was pretty young too. And really helped like just be a really good mentor for me and a good role model for what being a good teacher looks like. So I think that's probably something I got from student teaching. Yes, I'm sure the like schedule changes a lot different from going Mm -hmm. to college and then like teaching every day. So what are some top strengths that you believe help you succeed as being a teacher? I think one is that I'm an extrovert. Um, You definitely don't have to be an extrovert to teach, but like I, I get my energy from being around people and being in a school, you're just like around people all the time. And being adaptable, I feel like I'm a I'm pretty easygoing and a very go with the flow person, and I'm able to adapt and make decisions quickly. I think that helps me the most because being in a school, it is just constant like change and crazy things going on with schedules and students and different classes and you know all of these different things going into it. And I like my whole day is just full of making decisions on the spot. And you just never know what to predict in a day. And I feel like being able to like not get stressed out by that and being able to be adaptable has really helped me working in that setting. Awesome. As you mentioned before, you are a first year teacher. So what is something that caught you off guard when you were like entering the work world? I would say one of the biggest things is I remember when I first got there, they have programs for beginning teachers and stuff. And so like, I had mentors at the school and, you know, I was working with people that were helping me get adjusted. But at the same time, I think I was just so shocked on how much like freedom I got once I was there. I feel like the first day I went into my classroom, I was like, what am I supposed to do now? And there's like, I mean, do what you want. You can, you know, you have like standards and stuff to follow and rules to follow, obviously, but you have a lot more freedom than I thought. So that was a big shock, I guess. Yeah, that's probably my biggest surprise. I think that's one of the things that like I'm most worried about after graduating college is it's just a whole new scene with so much more freedom. And I kind of like my structure right now in college. So I don't know what I'm going to do with that much freedom. Yeah, I do too. That's definitely what stressed me out the most. But you eventually just get used to it. Yes, and freedom in the classroom. (laughs) Yeah, it's scary. What's the best advice you've received or the best advice that you could give for people that also want to be science teachers? I think the best advice that I got, and this was from a lot of different people um, when I was student teaching and even at my school now with some of my coworkers who have been there a long time, is separating personal life and teaching life. Because, I mean, it goes for any kind of career you're going to have, but especially I think that's a big problem in education is that it's a lot, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into like preparing for your everyday work day, like having a good balance between work time and like personal time is really important not to get overwhelmed. And like, I just remember hearing that from so many teachers, they're like, don't do work at home, like 
get your stuff done at school. Don't take homework with you. Don't stress out about this. Like try and leave it in the school day. Cause like you're thinking about so many things and it's so easy to go home and like think about all the stuff you're worried about doing or think about like, Oh, like this student needs this and all. It's just so much to think about, but it really is important because I find myself feeling like I have a healthy relationship with work. Like I don't feel overwhelmed a lot of the time because I feel like I'm able to kind of leave that in the workplace and, you know, so I can like live my life outside of work too. So that's definitely the best advice I got. I'm so happy that I had people encouraging me to do that so that I don't feel super stressed out. And so if I were to give someone advice, that's definitely what I would say, like turn your email notifications off when you go home, find times where you're going to work and set that time so that like you have boundaries. So setting boundaries. And then also my other biggest advice would be to build relationships with students because like you hear it all the time. And that was a big thing. Like you talk, we talk about how to be empathetic and how to build relationships and like how to like reach individual students, but you really don't learn how important it is until you're doing it. And I think that's something that like, I'm just now kind of seeing how important it's been because, you know, throughout the school year, you get to know each of them some of them better than others, just depending on personalities, but it has become the most important thing, like, in my everyday work, like, it makes classroom management easier, because they trust you, and they want to do well for you, they want to do their schoolwork, they don't want to disappoint you, and it just makes your everyday life so much more fun, (laughs) because you get to talk to them, and, like, hear about what's going on, and it's just the best part about teaching, it's so much fun, so definitely building relationships is my biggest advice. I love that. Yeah, you kind of already answered this with that question, but I want to know if you had any like specific ways you do set those boundaries between your personal and work life. Because having a mother that was a teacher, I know it was really hard growing up, like for her to like not bring work home or not get worried about things that were going to happen in the classroom the next day or what had happened like the day before. Well, yeah, like I mentioned, my number one thing, and this is what one of my coworkers had told me, because I was complaining in the beginning of the year. I'm like, I've been getting so many emails when I'm home. Like, why are all these parents emailing me and all this stuff? And they're like, just turn off your notifications on your phone. Like, you don't need that because what's it like? What's the good it's going to do? So that's one thing that helped. And then I think being really clear about your boundaries with parents and students and like coworkers and stuff, too. Because at the beginning of the year, I, you know, communicate to parents that, you know, you can reach me by email. We have something called talking points, but give me a 48 hour window. And the reason I say that is because I don't want to be expected on the weekends or after my contract hours to be responding to parents and stuff. And like, you know, of course, if it's like a life or death situation, I'm going to respond. But 99% of the time, it's not going to be a life or death situation. It doesn't matter that much. Um, And same thing with students. Like I always encourage them, you know, reach out to me, email me if you need help with something. But at the same time, I'm probably not going to respond after school because that's not my work time. And I think it's hard because you care about them and stuff and you want to like help when so-and-so emails you at midnight that they need help with like their paper or whatever. But like at the same time, it's not healthy. And it makes me a better teacher, I feel like, to like have those boundaries and stuff so that I can be completely present while I'm there. So definitely being really clear about your boundaries and saying like, hey, I'm not going to always respond immediately. 
And then also just remembering that your life is important too. Like your identity isn't your job. And I think with teaching again, it's any job, but like specifically in school, teaching, it's like putting on a show all day long, pretty much. And, you know, I'm talking to 13 year old and 14 year olds all day long. I'm presenting all day long. I'm helping people all day long and stuff. And it's really easy for that to become like your life. But like, it's not, I'm like, have a life outside of that and stuff. And it's not all of who I am. So I think like kind of just reminding yourself that like, there's so much more outside of work too. Absolutely. The work-life balance is like very important. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that stresses me out. I think after like thinking about after college and going into the workforce is how I'm going to conquer that and set my own boundaries and know what my boundaries are. It comes with time as well, I feel like. Yeah, it comes with time. And you have to remind yourself too, like it's okay to take time off sometimes. Like I've taken personal days for just like a mental health day just because I've been really like overwhelmed and stuff. So it's important. Like that's why you get time off too. It's important to be able to take that time for yourself too because it helps you in the long run be better at your job. That's very true. What is one fear that you had entering the workforce, but ended up not being a big deal? My biggest fear, I think it was probably like classroom management and behavior stuff. It was so intimidating to me in the beginning to like, think about like managing like 100 middle schoolers all day long. And that is still something that I struggle with. And it doesn't scare me anymore at all. But it, it is intimidating because it's one versus like 30 kids at a time. And it's really hard. It is so hard. It's hard to like come up with ways to manage that kind of stuff. And I was really scared that like I wouldn't be respected very much because of my age. And honestly, like that's definitely something that younger teachers are going to struggle with because they treat you different because you're younger. And so I was kind of scared that like maybe my coworkers and like administrators and even my students wouldn't like respect me as much. And I would have a lot more issues with classroom management, but you know, you kind of learn ways to overcome that too. So it wasn't as bad as I thought and you get really used to it. Yeah. And as you said before, I'm sure like building those relationships with the students helps out a lot as well. Yeah, definitely. So next uh, we're going to talk about like discrimination and misogyny in the workforce. Have you observed misogyny and how have you handled it? I, well, first off, I feel like I'm very grateful because I'm at such an amazing school. Like I feel very supported and respected by all my administrators and like my coworkers and everyone. That being said, the only example I can really think of, because really in teaching, it's a female dominated career, like 100%. I think out of our whole school, we have like, I really don't know, but in the eighth grade hallway, so we have eight core eighth grade teachers and one of them is a male the rest are female so I think students are really used to having women teachers and I think that there is 100% a difference in the way that we're treated versus the way that they're treated and I remember at one of like our first meetings at the beginning of the year the teacher who's a man on our floor we were talking about like behavior stuff we were like having a conversation about student concerns and like things we've been seeing and he was just like I hear y'all like and I completely understand he's like but I will be honest he was like I have zero behavior problems like I have really nothing like super concerning 
he was like, honestly, I think they're kind of all just like a little bit scared of me. And they are like, not in a bad way. Like they like him a lot, but you know, he's a math teacher. He's a 50 year old man. And they 100% are so much more intimidated. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, I mean, in comparison, I'm a 23 year old girl and he's like a 50 year old man. And there's just a different, it's just, I think it's, I think it's human nature in a way they they just treat him differently. So I would say that's the one thing it's kind of like sad in a way that I'm treated a certain way because I'm a woman and because I'm younger versus a man, but I don't really know a solution to that. But I would say that's probably like my biggest example. Yes. I didn't have a male teacher until I went to high school. And I feel like that kind of like was a switch, like, because throughout high school, I just kept having more male teachers than female. And then when I got to college, I think most of my professors, especially in the College of Natural Resources, have been mostly men. And my classes have been mostly men as well, too. Several instances, especially in my forestry classes for my minor, everyone else in there were pretty much forestry majors. And there was one class with about 30 students and it was me and maybe three or four other girls. Yeah, definitely. I don't think it's things sometimes like that, that like men noticed off the bat, but like as a woman, it's like, oh my gosh, there's only like three other girls here as well. It's like stands out more. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely does. Have you experienced any microaggressions to, like about as like being a woman from like any of like your students in a way or any like other like ways in the workplace? I guess if you're specific, I mean, okay, as far as the students go, not necessarily towards me, but they're 13 and 14 year olds and the boys a lot of the time you know they make really out-of-pocket comments really out of things that they think are jokes and they're just not like when you hear from an outside perspective and like I feel like you know half my day is sitting there and being like okay like don't say that don't do that like you're gonna get in trouble and like explaining why we can't say those kind of things and like specifically yesterday I remember I had a group of guys in one of my classes and you know they were just joking around with each other but they started making jokes about like women should you know be in the kitchen and all this stuff and I was just like I know like y'all are good kids and stuff and like I know you don't actually think that or mean that but at the same time like you know explaining like we can't say that because people take it more seriously and like it's actually like someone could really take that the wrong way and like it's just not a polite thing to say like it's not like it's discriminating. And so I feel like I have that conversation a lot with students um, about like not saying like discriminating things, I guess. Um, as far as like, like my colleagues and administrators, I don't really see it as much. Again, I think that kind of has to do with my career just because it is like female dominated. But yeah, I would say I see it more with the students and like towards me. I mean, really, no, I I, I wouldn't say I really get that many. I don't really think they personally give me any microaggressions just because I think we kind of like have that level of respect established with each other. But yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Eleanor, for being here with me today. I loved learning about what it means to be an eighth grade science teacher. I look forward to the future, talking with you more about it. And thank you everyone else for joining us today. All right, thank you, Claire.